Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw! Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They is buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20 down. Touchdown. Kentucky. Jesus, Rash. Get it together. Yeah, it's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday to you. It is January 10th, 2024. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Roll Call. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Justin Kalen. Hope you're having a great start to your wacky Wednesday. I'm doing great. Cats win. We're going to have another happy post-game show, if you will. A post-game show is if the post-game show started, uh, what, you know. Several nine hours after the game ended, uh, I did do a little post game show on Twitter right after the game ended. But this is going to be a fresh show. We're going to talk about UK's ninety to seventy seven win over Missouri last night at Rupp Arena. Scooter Dingus, aka Justin Kalen, the best producer in all the land. How are you doing this morning, man? I am. I'm sensing a common theme here for the week. It's Wednesday. I have been tired as all get out every day this week. Today's no exception. I did. I had a game last night, TJ, out at North Oldham, which was a lot of fun. But I didn't get home till it was a little after ten, and then took a shower. My plan was to take a shower, go straight to bed. But I took a shower. It kind of refreshed me. So next thing I know, I'm staying up till twelve thirty in the morning. Like, what am I doing? So it's kind of on me at this point. I, I'm, I got very little sleep. It felt like. As soon as I laid down in my bed, my alarm was going off. I don't, I don't even – there's no way that five, five and a half hours passed during that time. So, I don't know what happened to all the time from last night, but I – man, yeah, I'm tired. I'm tired. Luckily, it's a hey, pretty hey. easy day for me. Just a lot of radio today. I, I was going to say, I thought it was a pretty busy day for you today. Yeah, it is. It is busy, but when – I don't know. When it's a whole radio day, I just – I hardly consider that a, a hard day, you know? No, I, I I agree with you. I don't think it's the most taxing job in the world, right. but it's you got you got to be there. You got to be present. Mm-hmm. You can't just like go through the motions in radio. If you do, you're gonna sound horrible. You're not gonna be very fun. <laughs> and Scooch, lucky for you, man, you get three hours of me today. I heard that. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I'll be filling in for John Spears, Spears on Sports. From noon to one, right here on the Big X, the same place you're listening to Kentucky Roll Call. You can listen to me. So if you're just thinking to yourself, two hours of TJ Walker, it just it's not enough for me these <laughs> days. I would love a third hour. Well, guess what? You get it today from noon to one. 
Scooch, maybe we'll just make it a continuation of the Thornton's text line from our own show because there, there's just no way we're getting through all this bad boy today. I mean, it's up to you. You're you're going to be the one in charge. So, If Roush is having technical difficulties, then maybe we could get through the Thornton's text line today. Mm-hmm. But uh, otherwise, it, it is packed. We love it. We'll still get to our morning grab-and-go textures here in this first segment. So text on in if you want your text read on air, 502 502- 414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. And good morning to you. Scoots, I, the, interesting, the shower woke you up. Those can kind of go a couple different ways yeah. for people. The night shower can really just kind of, you feel nice, clean, refreshed, and you can go get in your sheets and just fall asleep. A lot of people enjoy seeing that, mm-hmm. or a lot of people enjoy doing that. Uh, but you're right. Sometimes it can kind of have the opposite effect where you get a little wiry again. You get a second wind that turns into a couple hours of a second wind. So I, I can relate to that. But did you at least watch basketball? Did you catch up on the games that you missed? It sounds like you had a two and a half hours to kind of do some activities. Well, so – I actually listened to – I got to listen to the last minute or so of the Indiana game on my way home, and thank God that you can't record on Peacock. Thank God that I had a game last night and I couldn't watch that crap because Indiana just can't beat Rutgers, and it really ticks me off. But, no, I was I was following along with the Kentucky game. The guy I was doing the game with last night's a big Kentucky fan, so he had the score pulled up pretty much the entirety of our game. So I was following along with the score – Looking back, I was I, I kind of did a little bit of a little bit of research on the game. I, I saw Trey Mitchell played really well. By the way, did you all see that video of the old lady? Was that from last night? The one that was talking no, about that, the Huggins no, that, DUI? From, that, that was from Canada in the summer. Oh my gosh. I had not seen that yet. And when I saw that, I was dying laughing. That's hysterical. So yeah, no, it's it seemed like the cats played well. Pretty much is that two games in a row that we nailed? Because it seems like we called that one pretty perfectly, too. We, we you're, you're right. It's almost like we know what we're talking about here <laughs> on this radio show. Uh, until Nick Roush joins, in which case, then it's just anybody's <laughs> guess. Nick Roush, how are you doing? Technical difficulties got figured out this morning. Yeah, yeah, they did. They got figured no, out. No, no, heavens no, they didn't. My God, no, they did not. Jesus, Jesus you gotta mute. You gotta mute and figure it out. Yep, that's bad. Terrible. Normally it'll just be like, "Oh, you're a little low," or there's a tiny little static there. That was Echo City. <laughs> that was Static City. <laughs> that was pretty. That was pretty good. Like, hey, we got the technical difficulty. Ah, no, we don't. Is this better? No, no. I think you gotta ditch the mic for the time being, maybe. <laughs> Nick, I, I love you, but I also hate. I hate you. I don't know if I. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, I get it. I totally get it. I do let's just get up. Let's get up. Right. Let's let's do our morning routine ten minutes earlier than what we're doing. You're doing great. Just ten everything everything ten minutes earlier. If we're waking up at six, let's well, make it five fifty. If we're dropping the kids off or having the kids do this or that at six forty five, let's make it six thirty five. Let's see how yeah, you sound now. Yeah, yeah. We need to we need to change Woo-hoo. that. Sound better? Yeah. And the thing is, too, is I don't know why some things don't work. The computer shut down. It said it needed a charge. It's at ninety-one percent. So you know, I, I I don't I don't know how things work. But what I did know, and I didn't I, I didn't share this yesterday because I don't know. We were talking about a lot of things. It was a short amount of time, but I was like, no way, Rob Dillingham has bad to bad back games. So that was a easy easy prop cash. Uh, I think it was at eleven and a half. He had eleven at halftime. So uh, you know. Nice, nice shifty night for uh, Mr. Dillingham. He was so much fun um, in what was a weird game that we did kind of end up calling. 
Um, Scoots, I, we're going to spend more time talking about the game, but can you just say that sentence again about Indiana basketball? That I the one about Indiana and Rutgers, I think, is what. Yeah, that that one. That Indiana never beats Rutgers. What? How? What in the? What kind of Looney Tune world are we in? What the hell's going on? Rutgers is horrible too. But when whenever we go to Piscataway, we always suck every time. I don't. I don't understand. This is not a good Rutgers team. That's always been with the conference realignment stuff. You know, it's Kentucky, Oklahoma, and Texas joining the SEC. What's that going to mean for the football schedule? I I remember about 10 years ago, people in Bloomington being like, Rutgers is joining. We're never going to beat them in basketball. There's no chance we're (laughs) going to find a way to win up in New Jersey against these guys. This is a smart move for our conference. And sure enough, it's hard to blame those IU fans that were so worried a decade ago. And aren't they getting like the number one and number two recruit Rutgers? Yeah, Yeah. they're recruiting better than Indiana too. Like what? Oh man, Scooch, that's gotta be that's that's tough. It sucks. Rutgers is becoming my nemesis, and I hate that because it's freaking Rutgers. <laughs> yeah, I like, are you kidding me? Would, that's like Missouri that, becoming Kentucky's nemesis. It just doesn't make sense. I wouldn't Don't like they it. Have um, a silly name for their arena too, like um, the or something like that. No, it was the rack. It was known as the rack. rack. But now I there think it's go. like I don't know, Jimmy John's Arena, Little Caesars Arena, something. Something like that. It was a bad night for basketball and Hoosier land, yeah. although I think both oh. of those teams were on the road. Wait, did Purdue end up losing? They, yeah, they got their cheeks kind of Yeah, I saw they were down by 11 at half. I, I forgot to check on the final score. They got they got Nebraska won comfortably. What like like sixteen or something like that? I think I think at the end the kind of air came out of the balloon a little bit. But this is a reminder in college basketball that it's tough to win on the road. Even even good even national championship contending teams are going to lose occasionally on the road. I mean Houston just, lost too. Yes, Houston lost. That that was a really uh, there were some wonky lines. Nebraska Purdue Houston Iowa State. Sometimes it's best to play into the stink, everybody. Uh, Texas A&M gave Auburn everything it could handle for a good bit before I think it was maybe like a two-point game with about two minutes to go. That was at Auburn before Auburn did finally pull away. College basketball this season, as it has been, I mean, most seasons, the the regular season conference play is just going to be wild. So you can slip up any given night. you got to take care of home court advantage like the Cats did. And then on the road, all these games are going to be battles, and especially for Kentucky, similar to a Purdue, but you're going to have a target on your back, and you're probably going to get everybody's best shot. UK fans in the Calipari era were used to teams just going off and going nuts. It, it, I think a texter brought this up, but we've also parroted this inform- like we've parroted this advice. Sometimes it's just smart to bet the other team race to 10 points versus Kentucky. You can always get those bets on DraftKings and FanDuel. They just always seem to come out of the gate hot and score, and Missouri was no exception. Uh, Sean East had an awesome game. Noah Carter, who I bet to get over four and a half rebounds, only finished with three. Thanks a lot. But he was scoring pretty well, and Missouri played Kentucky tough. But, Roush, the thing about this Kentucky team is you can, you can be hot for – 10 minutes, you can be hot for 20 minutes. You can even be hot for maybe 25 or 30 minutes. You're going to have a tough time keeping up offensively with this group. And that's exactly what Missouri found on Tuesday night at Rupp Arena. Uh, They just couldn't keep up offensively when it was all said and done. And that's, I think, UK's game plan this season. Let's just outrun teams. Let's just outscore teams. 
So I uh, was going through the scoring, and the first before the media timeout, there was twenty-seven total points scored between both teams. Didn't calculate any shots, but four made threes. Trey Mitchell hit back to back to start the game. Kentucky only made three shots in the final ten minutes of the first half, and then in the final ten minutes of the second half, Missouri only hit one shot, and it was with forty seconds left. Um, it was it was it was a weird game. It was, I don't, it was something felt a little off for me. I think the the reason why it just looked and felt so weird is because Kentucky was sloppy with the basketball. Um, they were the best assisted turnover team in the country, and then they turned it over thirteen times and only had fourteen assists. And some of it's you know maybe forcing the issue a little bit, especially inside. And I don't really understand why there. Man, one Justin Edwards threw one pass. There was three guys in front of Aaron Bradshaw. It's like, buddy, what, what, what are we doing here? And, then, we, and he, we got to work on our oops collectively as a team. Yeah. I think they're just used to like Trey Mitchell being the five for a long time, and it's like, oh, here we go. But who, who like two guards try to throw a dupe to each other? Well, and I think like Antonio Reeves threw it at like Rob Dillingham's foot. Yeah, and maybe Dillingham got went for the lob, and he threw it at his feet. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, come on, dude, I wanted to throw it down. Yeah. So yeah, there's just there's a little. I don't know. It was uh, it was like it was so perfect, and you didn't expect that to go away. And then now it's a little little herky jerky. Um, but like we're talking about them being a little herky jerky and missing a lot of open threes, and they still scored ninety points in a game. So like that's and they shot fifty percent from the field. That's it's pretty good, pretty pretty good. And UK wins comfortably. Buffer zone game if there ever was one, and. Uh, Antonio Reeves, his hot shooting night or stretch, uh, you know, he still scores 14 points, which is respectable, but not the leading scorer. That would be Rob Dillingham. And then again, Trey Mitchell also has a nice game. It's just another balanced scoring attack from this UK team. And you put up 90 points, Roush. Let this settle in, everybody. I didn't say this on, my, on the Twitter space yesterday, but let this sit in. UK scores 90 points and only three of them come from, from Reed Shepard, Scoots. He was, I don't want to say a non-factor because I still thought he played solid, but he was pretty much a non-factor offensively. Missouri, I don't want to, I don't know if necessarily they did something to take him out of the game or it was just, hey, these other guys have easier shots. These other guys are more in the zone and they can create a little bit more for themselves. But 90 points and only three from Reed Shepard, who a lot of UK fans may think is your best scorer or your number two best scorer on the team. That's pretty wild for this UK team. Well, that, that's 90 points with only three from Reed Shepard. I was looking at the box score, and Kentucky only hit seven seven of 23 from deep after a game where they had just hit five threes. So is that is that something we're starting to get concerned about, or is that one of those things water will find its level and the, the three-point shooting will come back around? I think it's a totally fair question to worry about, like, hey, is this team going to – fall back to the mean of more Calipari teams where anywhere from like five to eight threes is probably what you're going to be expecting. That's a fair question, Scoots. It very well could be the competition. You're not playing cupcake. You at your, you're playing teams that have huge budgets and recruiting budgets and you're playing sec teams. So uh, you're going to be playing better teams, better coach teams that have better game plans. Maybe I can't say definitively. I think a lot of UK fans think like if this team hits 10 plus threes, they're just not going to lose. 
I, I, I most, you know, we got to see how the game plays out and what and, and, and the style of play and those sort of things. But I, I mostly kind of agree with that. But five to eight, you could make a case that's not enough with this team, with the shooters that you have. Uh, but Roush, I, you know, at, at the end of the day, they, they missed 16 threes. Uh, Justin Edwards, all three of his were wide open that he missed. Bradshaw oh. missed the exact same shot that he hit against Florida. We're all okay with him taking that shot. Trey Mitchell hit his first two, and we didn't have an issue with him taking any of the other ones, but he didn't hit another one the rest of the game. Antonio Reeves goes 0-5. Maybe it was just a bad shooting night, but it is maybe Scoots is onto something here. Yeah, I, I just they're so wide open and they're good shooters. I I, I hope I, I don't think Scoots is onto something. So Scoots, I hope you're wrong because that, that was the thing is <laughs> it, it just they, they were getting open looks and they just weren't hitting. You know, they they weren't falling last night, but I I think that will happen. I was um, even though I was I had a wager on uh, Robert to shift um, some points on the board, like I. It's like, well, he's he's going to get there, but like, why why is it he had nineteen? He only played nineteen minutes, and the only person who played fewer minutes was Uganda's nine. Which, by the way, the he was a little off last night. That, that but so like, hey, I'll say I'll say this: he's a better rebounder than I thought he'd be. He's kind of going towards the ball. He's not like tipping it around to himself. He's kind of being strong with it. You're right. It was a very nothing game out of Uganda last night. Um, but that one positive, yeah, got yeah. all decent. Uh huh. I, I I'm not there all the way yet where I have to be like, hey, um, why isn't Rob playing the most minutes of anybody? Because like there. Reed only played 23 as well, right? Cal played his starters a lot, and I think some of it's trying to get some of these guys going. Justin Edwards really uh, did more bad, Justin Edwards, but then came out pretty confident and energized in the second half. I'm not sure what Cal told him, but he, he looked like he had a little bit more juice there, even though the shots still weren't really falling a lot. Uh, but there is going to come uh, – I, I don't know at what point in the season I'm going to be like, all right, dude, why just aren't Robin Reed playing more minutes? Because – they're your best player. Did Justin get the start? There. Some people are already there. Yeah, Justin's going to start pretty. Much. He's going to. They're going to do that starting lineup every game. You don't think unless they'll? Goes, you don't think they'll go unless, away from that at all? Unless they go on a losing streak, Cal's. I mean, he's they, not going to switch it up. He started winning Gabriel, and I think even into the NCAA tournament, and Gabriel played like eight minutes a game as a freshman. He he loves the starting lineups, and he also this this is I know this for a fact. He just worries about the players' morale if all of a sudden they're not starting again. And he may do it like early in the season, November and December. But once he kind of gets in a routine and he likes his team, he's going to stick with that. And you're going to get Justin Edwards to continue to start. Cal's playing a huge mental game with Justin Edwards, and it's not so much a mental game that I think Cal wants to even play, but he's feeling like he has to. Where it's like I'm about to lose this dude. He's hearing the moans and groans from his home arena when he just misses another shot or he misses another layup, which is more infuriating when you're watching Justin Edwards. And he's just trying to, like, get him going. Hey, keep being aggressive. It's all right if you miss. You know, he's he's doing the good cop. Nothing but good cop right now for Justin Edwards. And you saw that emotion, well, the emotion out of Calipari during the timeout where he went and hugged him and the, all the entire team just kind of mugged him because he made a shot. This is all intentional. They're kind of worried about losing this dude, I think. They're worried about where Justin Edwards' confidence is. And Scooch, maybe if he just completely checks out, then you'll have no choice but to figure something else out. But regardless of the starting lineup, 
I don't have an issue with it because Cal is he's he's not waiting too long to bring in Rob and Reed. He talked about that on the coaches show on Monday night where he said, I just like those two coming in together off the bench. They provide a spark, they provide some energy. And whether or not you think that's the right way to play those dudes, you still have to agree with or you still at least have to understand Cal sentiment because right. it is so that is something challenging for an opposing defense where you're like, oh my gosh, we got DJ. Look at all these five stars that we're playing against. This is a tough starting lineup, and then your first two dudes off the bench may be UK's best two scorers, and it's like, wait, oh no, you know, as I'm starting to get a little bit tired, they're bringing in these two dudes. So it's a good, it's not a bad strategy, and Cal's done something similar with bench players like this in the past. But the bigger question is, Roush, who starts or who doesn't start? is a combined 42 minutes between Shepard and Reed. Is that is that the smart thing to do? On the flip side, you've got 60 minutes between Reeves and Wagner, 59 actually. So should those two guys be playing 59 minutes and should Reed and Dilly be playing 42 minutes? And of course, we're talking about combined because there's only 40 minutes in a basketball game. And Roush, you're exactly right. Like, no. <laughs> like though like these th- those four numbers should probably be pretty close to even, don't we all think? And cats win. They won by 13. They just won on the road at Florida. So I'm not here complaining, but you once UK loses and people are gonna look at the minute distribution, I guarantee you that's going to be like a criticism, a complaint, a talking point. And Rash, it's hard to not say it wouldn't be valid, right? Like Dillingham had foul trouble last night. So that we gotta take that into consideration. If you're Cal, maybe you just let him play through that stuff because you feel good about the game. But then again, you want to treat every game as if it were a tournament game and the learning lessons that go with it. So foul trouble played a little bit with it last night. Shepard wasn't a scoring threat. So maybe last night we put a little bit of exception to the minute conversation. But Roush, you're not wrong. No doubt it's going to be something to watch moving forward. And I do. I think those numbers need to be more close to even. But Wagner was really good last night. I am I, I love what he's turning into, by the way. Really, yeah, really, yeah. really fun to watch. And then Reeves, you know, he kind of struggled shooting, similar to the other guys. But Dillingham was your best player. And I get foul trouble, but he, he definitely should have probably played more than 19 minutes. He just makes shooting and some of the shots that he hits just look so easy. And I think that's part of the reason UK fans are so in love with this team is sometimes it just looks so easy for this group. And that's fun to watch. So Rob only missed one shot and the one shot happened. So at the beginning of the game, you know, we were doing bedtime. So Bluey was on the big TV and I was watching the game on my phone because that's, that's what happens when you become a, a parent. you, you get relegated to your phone watching for a lot of this stuff. And at one point, I just hear Carl Ravitch and, oh, that's not that's not a pass. He's going to shoot it. And Dillingham only miss was it looked like he was going to lob it to Hugo. And then he just – it was it was like a hook shot but the opposite way. It was like with his backhand, he just went with a quick little doop. And it went in. I, I thought it was going to go in. Instead, it was in and out. That dude is – he's like the Tasmanian devil. You just don't know what it's going to be. Uh, stripping the ball at the top of the key, that's freaking awesome. Uh, and that one play, too, where he, like, stole it, and then he was on his butt, and he had to throw it to Reed. Like, it, it's just – he's just so much fun. And, and that's – but I do think, like – I mean, you're going to have games like the last one, though, TJ. Like, there, there are going to be um, some duds here and there. So that just – that happens. Um, when you so, mentioned Rob had missed one shot, I was trying to think, like, I, I can think of this. Which one was it? Which one was it? And then, yeah, you you got it before my brain did. It, it should have went in. Like, it, it, you know, like touched every part of the rim, it seemed like. Uh, 
uh, and that was such a, like a crafty, tricky shot too. His shot making skills, it looks so easy, but a lot of them level of difficulty pretty high. I think even the Russian judge would give him a 10 out of 10 on some of his shot <laughs> making ability. It, it's a, it really is impressive. He's so fun to watch. And then Cal kind of pulled back the curtain on Rob Dillingham after the game. I'm going to use that as my radio tease, but I do want to get to a few morning grab-and-go texters here before we go to our first segment. Don't let me forget about the Rob Dillingham Calipari conversation here. Okay. Right. Uh, Plumlee Bro tweets or texts into the Thornton's text line. Remember, start your day at a Thornton's. It's cold outside. It's windy. Get the a delicious cup of coffee at Thornton's. I get you an energy drink to fuel you up. I'm going to be super, super busy today, out on the road before I host Spears on Sports at noon. And I will definitely be making a pit stop at Thornton's, as you should as well. Ooh, you guys, we used ahead. to call it uh, beers with spears. So now it's going to be uh, uh, drinks with TJ. Um, Ooh, no, we got to do better than that. Yeah. I, um, uh, Jägermeister <laughs> with TJ Walker. No. Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah. We, there's some, There's a booze thing there. We got to figure it out. Thornton's text line, 502 414 We'll get there. Are you guys a fan of snow, or would you rather not get any at all? If it's going to be cold, I'm all right with some snow. I, I really do like, like two good snows a year. The the rain we had for 24 hours, just make it snow, right? Like, I that, that sucks. Yesterday God, was the ugliest day I think I've seen in the history of Kentuckyana. It was horrible. It was this old house that, like, it doesn't, like, seriously flood in the basement, but, like, you know, you got to put the fans out, and it's just a whole process of dealing with it. Just give me snow. Just give me snow. I'm, I'm there with you. Another texter on the grab-and-go Thornton's text line says, let's get wacky. Would you rather fight 100 chicken-sized T-Rexes or one T-Rex-sized chicken? Obviously, the 100 chicken-sized T-Rexes. Um, no, I'm, one, the op- I'm the opposite. A T-Rex-sized chicken is three stories tall. Yeah, but... Think of the teeth. On you. Think of the teeth those a hundred size or a hundred chickens will have, though. Well, well, you know, it, you're not beating something that's two or three stories tall that can just step on you and the, crush you. Okay, so that that is the biggest challenge you have here. But um, chickens, soft feathers, um, T Rex, very leathery skin, and sharp teeth. So, like, if I'm thinking on how do I finish these guys off i guess like if you head on a steel-toed boot you could just kick the t-rexes <laughs> around and that's probably why it is that is the correct answer and and then the, the other question you know chickens are really dumb but like even if you cut that thing's head off it could stomp you to death you know it's a good point no yeah. that's a great point i bet that t-rex sized chicken though would taste delicious going back to the meat oh, conversation yesterday would be wonderful would yeah. Be absolutely yeah, it wasn't raised. So you, in, wasn't raised in a factory. It probably does taste delicious. Well, I think it would. It would need to be raised in a factory <laughs> to get that large. You saw the text line kind of bully you to Bolivia. What are your thoughts a day after the meat conversation? I don't. I didn't feel like they bullied me. I mean, I, maybe I missed some of those texts. I was more so. I read there was there was like three or four that were super helpful texts for me. So th- those are well, the ones yeah, I, I chose think- to focus on. I think that they yeah. were, I mean, bullied versus kind of just being like, Scoots, you're you're overreacting a little bit. I mean, I have no doubt that I was overreacting. I am overreacting. I mean, that's you, that's the sentiment I've got from all my friends, so. Did you eat anything unhealthy yesterday? Um, What did I eat yesterday? 
I had some chips and chips and queso. Oh. You didn't have any meat yesterday. I had. Oh yeah, I got tacos for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> right after the yeah. show, oh, scared straight scoots. I'm not eating anything unhealthy ever again. Uh, One hour later, I was I was talking to <laughs> I was talking to Jim about it, the other guy here in the studio every morning and. I was telling him about my whole dilemma as well, and I I told him, I was like, this is the first unhealthy thing I've eaten since Friday. And he's like, what you got there? And I was like, oh, Taco Bell. And he just started <laughs> laughing. That is so good, Scooch. You're such a treasure, buddy. Adam texted into the Thornton's text line. Good morning, guys. Good win last night. A little sloppy on offense. My, ne- my text is regarding Jim Harbaugh and his corniness. He was wearing receiver gloves, catching balls with McCarthy pregame. If he lost that game, he's a dweeb. He also wears cleats, doesn't he, Roush? Uh, that He did for the longest time. I I guess he still does. But he doesn't wear, like, spikes. They're, like, the molds that, you know, kids wear, where, like, they got the plastic bottoms. I think the cheating stuff is a little concerning with Harbaugh, and who knows what he decides to do. We talked a little bit about that on Monday. Uh, I, I I do think he's just kind of like a big kid that never really grew up, and I think it's part of the appeal to him for the people that do like him. But, Adam, you're right. People that don't like him, you know, it's something that they can kind of nitpick and, and poke at. But I, I wonder what Michigan fans are feeling, too, like, do they want? Do they even care? Because they want a championship, so they're on cloud nine. But are they like desperately hoping that he comes back? Or are they okay if he were well, to leave? I wonder what their fan base is at. My my thing is is like Jim Harbaugh's weird, but like football guys in general are weird. Like Luckett used to wear receiver gloves to games when he was like instead of just regular gloves, right? Like that that's not a uncommon uh, thing. Now some of uh, some of his quotes every once in a while when he starts talking about like scared birds. So Scoots, Jim Harbaugh for the longest times, he he did not eat chicken because he said it was a nervous bird. Um, but then I think his wife got chickens uh, for the eggs and he realized that they're like a very sustained, hardened animal. So now he respects them as an animal. So he'll eat them. Um, he he has some odd opinions, but I, I just think that's, um, that's what you expect. Like a lot of football guys are pretty, pretty weird, pretty weird cats. Yeah, and I say this as somebody that's a pretty solid finger painter myself. He he could be ever so slightly artistic with his, you know, with the way he goes about his life, yeah. drawing beautiful pictures and seeing all that sort of stuff. One more grab and go texter before we. I mean, because that that bird thing is weird. That's a weird statement. That's just a weird <laughs> way to look at an animal. I mean, what he was went that years all- without eating chicken based on almost nothing, and then now is like, oh, I'm back on chicken. <laughs> Why was that tall redhead dude allowed to wear 75? I thought jerseys could not contain numerals over oh. five. That's from Shadow. They changed that this year. I know, which is somebody brought up on the text line. We need a big Z wearing 77, which he warmed up yesterday. He, yeah, it's like they're doing like more and more with him to seem to indicate that like he's close to getting to play. But, you know, until you get that word from the NCAA, it doesn't really seem to matter. But, yeah, for the first time last night, I think he was like in full uniform warm-up gears and went through every single warm-up with the team. Where previously he had like been in warm-ups, had done some shooting stuff, had kind of gone through this or that, but not the whole rigmarole. Yesterday was the first time he had done the whole thing. Um, all right, let's take our break there. We'll get back to the morning grab and go, Texas, 735. After that, we'll we'll throw you 
into the to the rest of the Thornton's podcast texture or podcast. A lot of those textures on the Thornton's text line are the podcast textures, which unfortunately you don't get read in the first segment, but we will try to get to you as the show goes on. So fun Kentucky roll call today. The Cats beat Missouri. We're going to talk more about it. A wacky night of college basketball and a lot more fun here on KRC. Don't go anywhere. I'm sorry Huggins got drunk and got the DUI, but I'm glad that we got Trey. Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. Okay. 7 to 9 Monday through Friday. Replay of the show 9 to 11 here on Big X. And then you can listen to me cover in for Spears today, noon to 1. So you could actually have back to – well, no, you couldn't because you got Matt Dennison. Are you doing Dennison today, Scoots? I am. Yes. Uh, oh, boy. I bet the text line's going to be popping for him today. Hoosier fan's not going to be happy losing to Rutgers. No. It's going to be great. Can't can't wait. Hey, well, here, briefly, um, how do Hoosier fans feel about Sean East being better than Romeo Langford at basketball? I mean, Sean East has been in college for six years. He probably should be better than Romeo, right? Yeah, but like they're better. He's better right now than Romeo Langford is. Oh yeah, no, I agree. I mean, think about all the coaching Sean East has got along the way. He's he's got all these different coaching philosophies that he's learned over the years, and and different stuff to do on the floor. I'm sure he's learned different moves and stuff from all his. Co- yeah, it's he should be better. Well, I, Romeo I also sucks. just think. Well, he, I, here's the thing, Scoots, that like a lot of people just didn't understand is that like Romeo was basically a finished product at 16 years old. I don't, I don't know if he's ever gotten better since then. Uh, he's uh, in the G League, so confirmed. He has not gotten averaging better. eight points a game which in the G League. Sad, yeah, eight points a game in the G League right now. Um, but it is, it is just amusing. I know part of it because I was actually one of my friends coached Sean East back in the day. Um, he coached an AU team, which one of his players is Sean East, and another one is an offensive lineman at Marshall that's going to – like he's in the senior bowl and is going to get drafted. So it's like, wow, you coach some <laughs> – like it's crazy those guys are from the same area. But uh, – and, and you're right, too. It helps that Sean – like that dude, no wonder he's scoring more. He's 20 pounds heavier than he was a year ago. He was real thin. Um, and I, I remember when they – like he, he looked like a skinny guy. But you know what? That, that's a testament to that guy for – Kudos to him. Hats off for him because he was getting recruited by D3 schools when he was playing at New Albany High School with Romeo Langford. Uh, he ended up at UMass, transferred around, was National Juco Player of the Year. And then, I mean, he went from seven points a game last year in Missouri to 14 now. And I, I, I think he's a pretty good ball player. But Missouri, who, who I do not think is a good ball player and annoys the bejesus out of me, is Tamar Bates. That guy can suck it. I just he he annoys me so much. I don't really know why, but he can suck it. I've I've got to know more. Tamar Bates was one of those guys when he transferred out of Indiana. I was legit tore up. I I like Tamar Bates a whole lot. He's still young. I mean he's he's got some growing to do, some learning to do. So I, I think maybe a year or two from now, Tamar Bates is going to be really really fun. Tamar Bates is young, but that hairline is oh 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 so Dude, old. Missouri has a full team of. Uh, 
just I, I I can say this as a bad hairline guy, just a bunch of old dudes. Number ten for them, um, his name was Stone or something like that. That dude was forty. He would just got off a hard <laughs> shift at UPS and is going to go have a couple drinks at Stooges after work. Nick like, Honor, yes, number ten. Yes, he would. I love that basketball. I love that basketball body. You know, a lot of people will be like, you know, give me the the DJ Wagner, Eric Bledsoe type physique. No, no, no. I, I think that if you really want to win in college basketball, you need to look a little more like Nick Honor. Oh, uh, he was he was hilarious to watch on the floor. Jimmy Dykes called him a fire hydrant. Uh, <laughs> I, I think for then, me, Tamar Bates. What annoys me is he's not that skilled, but he's very long. And he just goes left every time. So it's like, guys, just sit on his left hand. Like, and you know what? Reed Shepard's smart enough to do that, blocks a shot late that uh, helps secure a cover, which, man, uh, I know some people had to be sweating it out. They got an open look for that three. And the line jumped up to 13 immediately, but it was down to 11 and a half at game time. Um, so if you waited, um, you got it at a decent price and were able to cover. You, you did. I didn't bet the spread as the day went on and I was watching more Missouri. I was, I was like, okay, I do feel better about the over. Uh, but my, my bet, I had some Sean East over props. Those hit, I had, I think it was over like 16 points and then over 23 points, rebounds and assists combined. Those hit, uh, I did lose on the Noah Carter over rebounding. Um, but I, I don't know. I stayed away from UK stuff just altogether. I, I didn't, I wasn't really sure what to expect from UK coming off that win in Gainesville. Uh, so I stayed away from UK stuff, just kind of felt better about Sean East being a Louisville, New Albany kid coming into Rupp Arena and probably having a good game. And he had had a pretty poor shooting night against Georgia. I was a little, I, I was somewhat impressed with Missouri. I don't think it's a tournament team, but I think that's a team in the NIT that could maybe win the NIT. I, I was shocked that they lost in the fashion that they did to Georgia and the way that that game unfolded. I watched most of that game. Uh, there's, they're a decent little team, but I think they really rely on like East having to be efficient and he's not overly efficient. Seven to 12 last night is a pretty good night for him. Um, but I, gosh, for like that stretch there for two seconds, Aiden Shaw looked like the number five draft pick in the NBA. He was dominant there for just a, a few plays. He was really wiry and athletic and bouncy. He was fun to watch. Yeah, I, when you saw him block DJ, you thought, I didn't know DJ could get blocked like that. Exactly. Like, no, that's not right. They had yeah. foul. Yeah, foul. Which there were a couple times last night where I was like, oh, finally, a Rupp Arena whistle. You know, there because there was a couple just phantom, I mean, okay, I'll take it, sort of calls. And going back to our three-point discussion, that, that does need to be said is that when – they shot 23 threes. I'm okay with the 23 number. I, I wish they just made more than seven and had a better than 30% shooting outing. But you did shoot 32 free throws. I don't know if that was a game plan. Uh, you know what? Actually, I do. I do know that that was a game plan. Missouri showed you the blueprint of what other SEC teams that aren't as talented are going to do to UK. This isn't anything new to Kentucky fans that have watched SEC basketball under John Calipari. When you can't match the athleticism and speed, you're going to try to even the playing field by being super physical. The way Missouri played is how so many teams in the SEC and then in the NCAA tournament are going to probably try to play UK, and that's just over-pursuing, over-aggressive. Whenever they get the ball or don't get the ball, you're just going to be right in their face, 
And that should hopefully for guards like DJ Wagner and Dillingham, who both had good games last night, that should just be a little jab step. I'm going to get by you. And then once I can get downhill, everything else is going to play that way. But however, I, I think that's the game plan against like Antonio Reeves. I think you should be really aggressive with him if you want to get in his head and try to make things difficult with him all over the floor, not just when he has the ball. Same with Reed Shepard. I think that, you know, Reed is so he's so smart with the ball, but try to just knock him back a little bit and see if you can get him a little bit flustered. You can maybe do that with Dillingham and Wagner. Poland in Florida on Saturday was talking trash to Dillingham, and I think that got in his head a little bit. But what you saw Missouri do last night defensively is how teams are going to play a UK. They're just going to be really, really physical. So I think Kentucky knew that, Roush, and probably just said, you know what, let's get to the line. Let's shoot our free throws if that's the way this game's going to unfold. Um, but that's that's something to keep an eye on moving forward, too, is where maybe style of play is going to matter, where three-point shooting is not going to be as prevalent, more just let's hit our free throws and get the hell out of Dodge. Yeah, and – Kentucky's a good free throw shooting team. And th- th- there was also a time, too, where I was glad that they were doing that, where the three-pointers, they were getting good looks, they weren't falling. And it's, hey, guys, just go to the rim. Get an easy bucket. Um, and if not, go get fouled. Um, so uh, that that I- I'm glad they did that. And uh, overall, glad with the performance. Like, it's, it's going to be a, a forgettable game, one of these many Tuesday nights at Rupp Arena. Um, the Cats grinded it out, and they did so. Another game without a Thiero, who's still dealing with back spasms. That that sucks. There's no – seemingly no end in sight either. Um, yeah, so I listened to the – I listened to the pregame show. It, it was more alarming kind of hearing that stuff. I, I think it was Goose who said, gosh, he really looked uncomfortable when he was just out there kind of briefly going through warm-ups. I'm worried about our do a do. A do our our do to do. Yeah, our, our dude a do. Oh, okay. Right, who's on first? <laughs> what's, what's on second? TJ, by the way, don't forget your uh, Dillingham Calipari talk. That yeah, was what so, I was getting ready to bring up. Right? And yeah. I will. I, gosh, but again, like I said at the road game against Dude, the arrow is just going to be a good guy to have on the road. He's physical. He can handle contact. Um, just got to get that back figured out. That being said, he'd also be huge at Texas A&M on Saturday, but we'll have more time to talk about this. Ooh, they they might just stink. Like they, do, they, they do. They just stink. They, they, they do and they don't. I mean, they're not a great team, but they have guards that are going to be issue for UK to defend. The issue is it's a team that scores like 60 points per game. I don't right. know what the number is. How can they win? How can they beat a Kentucky team if they can't get over 60 points? And then – Insert officials. Come on in, Stripes. Come on in, everybody. Here's how you keep up with the cats down in College Station, because I guarantee you that's going to be. But again, we have all week to talk about that. Uh, the Adu or the the Dillingham Calipari stuff that I thought was somewhat interesting yeah. was that like Dillingham is has been in kind of some like dark places this year and has been like really down in the dumps, and I think like mental health has been an issue with him. And uh, on the one hand. It's a little concerning moving forward. But on the other hand, it seems like UK's kind of identified this. And Cal, again, similar to like a Justin Edwards, has been really good cop with him. It's a little bit interesting with it's a little bit interesting with Dillingham that he is like Cal will be like, Hey, you're shooting, don't shoot that shot. 
that's a bad shot. But behind the locker rooms, it seems like he's really looking out for him. Um, I don't know. I just it, it this text is on the Thornton's text line. I'm not going to jump ahead. Well, maybe I will jump ahead. Maybe I won't. But I'm paraphrasing it. Like normally, you'll get these stories from like Kyle Tucker, Roush. You're not getting these stories, so you're kind of getting the curtains pulled back a little bit through John Calipari with the in this instance with the Robert Dillingham. What was the other story that I told uh, Bradshaw? Bradshaw in Florida, where he was like not wanting to come out. Sometimes you'll not that you'd get those stories from Kyle Tucker, but you'd get the background on these people's families and their histories and this and that. And with Dillingham, you may have learned that like, this is a guy that just, he's got high highs. He's got low lows. A lot of people can relate to that stuff, but in basketball, you just need everybody to kind of be in it. And if Dillingham's not in it, similar to maybe that Florida game, you're missing out on a huge piece of the puzzle. Uh, so I just found that interesting. The inner dynamics of this team, kind of what buttons to push for Calipari. It's something that we have taken for granted from him throughout his 15 years at UK. Because when you're bringing in a bunch of five stars and you're blending in a bunch of personalities and a bunch of people who have never been told no in their entire life, it can be challenging. But hats off to him with the job he's done with this group, at least up to this point. But the Dillingham stuff, I just found that interesting. I had no idea that he was somebody that kind of was going through some tough times here and there. And you, you'd never really know it based on the way that he's played most of this season. Uh, just another interesting storyline with this team. I, ha- I had no idea. About. Well, and he's always smiling on the court, too, if you think about it. I mean, he's always got a big old smile on. He does. Like I think that's part of the reason he looks – it's so fun to watch him play is because it's noticeable that he's actually having fun playing. Uh, but it's also his ability just to pull up from the edge of the logo and knock down that three like he did. Uh, he's got – his range is unbelievable. It's fun to watch, but you're right. He does always, you know, he's somebody out there that seems like he appreciates the moment. Uh, and I agree with Roush in segment number one. I think we're going to need to see more minutes out of him. It's um, it, it was fascinating though. Cause he, he, Cal said, Hey, uh, we can't have you reaching in. Um, you can't be in foul trouble, which I, I agree, even though that is part of his game. So that's, there's a lot of like trying to toe the right line with Dillingham. And in his long quote, I'm not going to read it all, but um, he, he, Cal d- did the thing where he's like, you know, I like you if you can really play. I like you, you know, even if you can't, I still like you, just not as much. Um, but he he called it, he was like, yeah, you know, you old guys remember the N1. Now it's more on Snapchat. He's like, right now, Rob, like you, your body language, we got to get your body language better when something goes wrong. Um, and I, that, that is very much a little thing that young players don't understand. But he said, um, you are saying to me to take me out because my mind isn't in this. The young team, we are, body language is the next thing. It was okay in AU games act like that. Why'd you take me out? Can't do that now. As you move into the sport, your body language screams. You just can't do that. So um, I, I love, too, that Cal, the best time to – bring this up is after one of your best, most highest scoring games. Yeah. So that's how Cal works. It really is how Cal works. And, you know, taking in the Dillingham stuff, the Bradshaw stuff, and maybe some of the stuff that we haven't heard or don't know, it's probably a good thing this team hasn't had like a losing streak grouch. It's a good thing that they've, you know, taken care of business for the most part, because you'd worry maybe if this team like lost three straight, 
you know, could there be finger pointing? Could the locker room be divided? Could we start really complaining about minutes and whatnot? Uh, it's something to keep an eye on. Hour one is done. Hour two, we'll get more. Uh, we'll, we'll finish the grab and go texters. We'll get back to the Thornton's text line. This is Kentucky Roll Call. I'm big X. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Hey there, welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Hope you enjoyed Taco Tuesday oh, yesterday at Paul If not, you can hit it up today. It's all the same great, fresh Mexican food. One of their two locations, Middletown, it has a drive-through. St. Matthews, love their St. Matthews location. Wildly addictive chips, hot spicy salsa, creamy queso, fresh, delicious-looking guacamole. One thing I like about Salseritas, opposed to some of the competitors, their lettuce never looks funky, ever. Whether it's a sub place or whether it's another place, like a Mexican restaurant similar to Salseritas, you'll always get that like pale-looking, gross green lettuce. Never at Salseritas. Always fresh. You know what you're putting into your body there is good for you. But, I mean, they do have some unhealthy foods, but you can eat as healthy as you want at Salseritas, and it's all made fresh daily. We love them. Download that app. You'll save time and money each and every time you go to Salseritas. Check them out. Tell them that Kentucky Roll Call sent you. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton text line. Uh, Scoots, a lot of people earlier in the show loved the Trey Mitchell grandma rejoin. So thank Good. you for playing. Um, had another buddy say, we need to domesticate and breed T-Rex sized chickens. Eventually you farm them and you end world hunger. That's true. Good point. That is. Although probably need more feed than that. that that's where you get into trouble, right? But it feeds more people, more feed, for feed. If you look at it that way, uh, let's keep with the morning grab and go texters. I want to knock these out. John here. Good morning, everyone. Hey, should I get a mullet haircut? Uh, the cats had a great team victory last night. Wow. One or two go down one and two go down. And now if we beat A&M, we should be in the top five or so. I feel like most of the players know and understand the roles on this team. Do you all agree? We'll got to go talk to you later. Yeah. The interesting thing about Purdue and, and, Houston, how far do they drop? Does UK jump both of them? They have to stop at some point. They can't drop out of the top 25, obviously. So where exactly do they fall? If UK could win convincingly at AM, then I would almost guarantee you would see UK jump both those teams. But we'll see. If it's just kind of like a narrow win, maybe UK jumps Houston, but Purdue's still in front of them potentially. Well, I wouldn't be shocked if that happens. One thing I am uh, – conference realignment has many of its faults. But I appreciate that I'm now going to take Houston and BYU more seriously because Houston doesn't lose this game in the American, right? They don't they, – they find nope. ways to beat Tulsa. But, like, going into – they're actually going to be battle-tested now. I think it's going to make them a much better team come March, uh, yep. having to go into arenas like Iowa State. So, um, I also, what, what the – I'm sick of Purdue's you-know-what. This is just what they do. It's like we're going to be number one team in the country for two weeks, and then we're going to lose a game we shouldn't on the road. Hey, Matt Painter, don't suck. You suck. Purdue, 
be dominant or get out of my way. I'm I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. Wash, rinse, repeat. It's the same story every year. I mean, it really is. It's annoying. It's like the year that uh, Crean actually had Indiana good, and there were 800 teams that were ranked number one, and Indiana just became the default one about five times because they should have been, and then they kept losing. Like the game they lost with Zeller and Oladipo just because they got beat back door for a layup um, against a terrible team on the road. That's what Purdue is now. They're just the team that is the de facto number one because nobody – they're like, well, they should be number one, but then they just, they're going to go and lose. They're going to lose. I mean, they, they do have wins against Gonzaga, Tennessee, Marquette, Alabama, Arizona, Illinois. Tell me who their they losses are, are to. They lost to Northwestern and Nebraska, two road conference games. Yep, exactly. They're probably – I think they're only road conference games. So, they, a real team, win a, win a away game. They won at Maryland, which was a road conference game. But you're right. That's their only road conference win, the one at Maryland. Uh, that, that's life on the road. I, I, you're being tough on Purdue. Like, yeah, I know. I'm just – I don't – I don't – I don't – I love it. Go around. I just, Keep being yeah, tough, yeah, Roush. Yeah. Keep being tough. Yeah. Suck it, Purdue. Your guards, <laughs> figure out how to shoot. Or, hey, maybe don't let the other team score 80 points. Um, it is funny. Nebraska shot 60% from three. Like, it's kind of hard to beat a team when – the opponent shoots sixty percent from three. Oh, but I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't realize those sixty percent. That's not. Oh yeah, they let their ass up. Uh, uh, but you know what? I'm happy for Fred Hoiberg. He should have never, um, should have never left Iowa State. The mayor. Remember, remember this though that like we we've talked about this previous season. Sometimes, obviously, UK hasn't really done their part to keep up in the conversation. But UK and and Purdue could be competing for a one seed mm-hmm. in the same regional. Re- remember the. Only two teams in each first and second round site are slated there, like intentionally. And Indianapolis has a first and second round site. So I feel pretty confident, based on their wins they already have, unless they just totally fall off the face of the earth, that you're going to have Purdue and Indianapolis, which means they're only going to cater to one more team for a geographical point to be there. Let's hope it's Kentucky, right? Of course, UK did lose to St. Peter's in Indianapolis in the first and second round, uh, which was not so much a good time. But it's important how these regular season goes. Keep your eye on Purdue. And also Pittsburgh hosts the first and second round site. I'd almost guarantee that UK is in one of those two, either Pittsburgh or Indianapolis. Think think about all the John Calipari going home stories. Exactly. He may almost prefer that, especially with the bad blood in Indy. And then the, the regional sites, not really anything that's like, just made for Purdue or made for Kentucky. It's Detroit. Memphis is the closest for Kentucky, I think. No, Detroit's closer, I think. Oh man, that. Uh oh. It's good. What's, it's what's be closer? Close, right? There is no Excuse way. There is no way this Detroit is... is closer to Lexington than Memphis. I'd almost guarantee it. Yeah, especially Louisville. It's probably close, but definitely Lexington's closer to Detroit because it's just up seventy-five, right? Yeah, it's only like five and a half hours, if I'm not mistaken, or five yeah, hours. Yeah, Memphis is deceivingly long. All right, it's an hour quicker to get to Detroit than it is to Memphis from Lexington. What's the hour. mileage? Mileage, 423 to Memphis, 344 to Detroit. Wow, that's very surprising. 423 to 344. Memphis is surprisingly far away. Like, it's way, way out there. Um, if you could maybe go, like, as the crow flew to Memphis, you could, but you got to go through the bluegrass to 65 to Bowling Green to Nashville. And then I think, what, is that 70 that you take over to Memphis? It's just a lot more connecting where Lexington to Detroit is almost a straight shot. Like, you just go straight. 
Um, I, I'm guessing Louisville is about equidistant, though. Or, I would that? think Louisville is also closer to Detroit, but I but don't. But narrowly, yeah. Either yeah. way. Uh, oh, fun, fun little geography. Oh, man. I took a hard L last night, TJ. I who uh, we had to call a friend to settle an argument between my wife and I, uh, and it was a sports argument and uh, I lost. It was very, very upsetting because Sounds really embarrassing. Just the preface, the, the way you premise that started this conversation. What, what happened? Uh, Jimmy Dykes said that Aaron Bradshaw caught it at the timeline. And growing up, my basketball coaches called the timeline, the little hash mark that juts out at three quarters court. And Brooke was like, no, the timeline's half court. You, you're wrong. And I'm like, no, you're wrong. I'm right. You're wrong. And she's like, all right, call Brandon. Look it up. Good. We're, we're going to figure this out. He's going to know. Called him. I, I was wrong. The, hash mark, I was the ha- wrong. hash mark doesn't make any sense. Why would your coach call that the timeline? That, that's what he called it. He called it the t- now, granted, this was my third and fourth grade basketball coach teaching me how to press. And, you know when I was nine years old or whatever. But I just always thought that was called the timeline, um, the spot where the coaches' box are. Oh, Which, by the way, that's why, why do we even have that there? Because for the coaches. See, I thought in my brain, I thought that that was called the timeline because it used to be a different rule for, like, Getting oh. the ball across. Yeah, it's real Man. embarrassing stuff. Real yeah, embarrassing that is. Stuff. Yeah. That is. I just I, – I took my – what my nine uh, – my, mm-hmm. my fourth grade coach said as, disciple, as gospel, and I, and I shouldn't. And to I got, have to, like – to have to take that to a phone call, too, is tough, too. Well, and then to – That's rough. Well, and then to be big enough to share it on the radio the next day. That's – I commend you for that, Roush. I wouldn't have told that one. That's pretty embarrassing. And just the, the the quick Google timeline. The timeline in basketball is the name for the center line that reflects the rule that well, the offensive I, team has limited time to advance the ball. Yeah, but sometimes the internet can be wrong, and I was, I was no. like, no, I'm right, I'm correct. There's no, no there's no way this is this is wrong. Texture uh, says, wrong. "Hey, watch out for some Illinois transfer portal guys to decommit." Brom writing checks he can't cash, literally. Do they mean U of L transfer portal guys to decommit? Because you said uh, I L, but I'm, I'm I'm guessing you mean U L. Well, they took some what Ole Miss commits. Maybe the Ole Miss checks didn't cash. Uh, the Mill stuff's so interesting to me. So this is uh, I'm I'm going to write about it um, either today or tomorrow. Fascinating. This is the first time we've ever had transfer portal flips, and also, I guess some of these schools don't. You know, Kentucky's already started class. We got a, a Brian Robinson breakfast picture um, from on campus because UK has started class. Um, but some of them don't start till next week, so I guess we still have time for all this. But there was a kid from UNLV who committed to Georgia and flipped the USC the next day. That That is a that is brand new to the sport. It used to be you transferred, you just did it, boom, bam, bada, bam, done. That that isn't happening anymore. Kind of weird. Um, did you see Judkins is uh, going to Ohio State? I did. I did. Uh, smart Drop. move by the guy that UK got to probably get out of there. We have a we that have dropped. a text text about that buried somewhere in the text line. That dropped um, as soon as Michigan won the title too. It was almost like Ohio State was like, all right, we got to have some good news because we can't have can't have Michigan winning the championship on the front page 
of I, w- I would imagine probably nothing was better for Ohio State's nil efforts than Michigan winning that championship. I bet they saw an increase <laughs> in money unlike they had probably ever seen in Columbus before. Oh, you ain't kidding. You yeah. ain't kidding. Another morning grab-and-go texter says, E and J with TJ. It's pretty Ooh, good. Oh, there we go. Pretty good. Yeah. Robert says... Johnny Walker with the sports talker. My brother's name is Johnny Walker, though, so that could be confusing. <laughs> Have you ever had Johnny Walker? I'm sure. I, I I'm guarantee I have, but not memorably. So I, you being a Kentucky guy, you're like, oh, all the other whiskey sucks. Um, I, there was a, I tried the uh, Conor McGregor's whiskey at, when I was down in Florida. Scoots. Have you ever had it? The, uh, uh, the banana whiskey? Proper, the oh, proper, proper 12? No, I haven't. It's good. Is it? It was good. Yeah, and I, I was just sipping on it. It was it was very good. I remember so, I remember Johnny Walker being big when we were in college. I had buddies that would go get... You'd he's have, always been short, actually. Like I think he's 5'5". Five, five. You'd, <laughs> you'd have one buddy go get like Johnny Walker blue, then another buddy would come back, I got a bottle of Johnny Walker black. It's like, well, we're going to drink the black. Oh, man. Big Blue Drew's Twitter account just cracks me up. I had a dream it was Xmas 2026, and Santa brought me some Rob Dillingham ones. I started to tear up and had to pretend like it was because I was sentimental stuff with the kids. (laughs) (laughs) We love you, Big Blue Drew. Keep on tweeting, buddy. Another grab-and-go texture says, Add a parlay with the over and the Cats minus 12. I was so happy when they held them on that last possession to save the line. Only to find out I accidentally hit the under button. $50 down the drain. Didn't one of you guys do that recently? Oh, Billy Big gosh. I've, I, I forgot what um, – oh, it was actually the opening night of sports wagering on um, the Thursday night football game between Did the Lions and the Chiefs. I No, I – it was an easy. It was an easy under. It was the lock of all unders. It wasn't even close, and I was pumped up about it, and I accidentally hit the over. So it happens sometimes. User error. It does happens. happen, but it goes the other way sometimes. Texter that like you win those bets, which is always exciting when you accidentally do it. But yeah, you just double check. Uh, Texter says happens more often in horse racing though, because there's a lot more buttons you can, you can oh, hit. Yeah. Isn't Harbaugh the guy they said drinks milk with a steak at a nice steak restaurant like a Jeff Ruby's? Is that yeah. so? Yeah, he's a okay. big milk guy. Yeah, that's interesting. That is the morning grab-and-go texters. The morning grab-and-go segment has gotten very popular. People know it's a good way to jump ahead of the text line. So shout-out to you folks. Thanks for waking up with us and listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Roush, is there anything in the football world worth bringing up? Uh, I think I brought it's them all a, it's, up. It's okay if not. Yeah, I think I brought them all up. If we missed it, we'll get to it tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Um, well. Okay. Um, has TJ ever heard of Amon Ross St. Brown? What a casual. I, I yes, know. of course. I still think that Sam Laporta is a better touchdown catcher for the Lions. But, uh, yeah, he's great. He's a good Dude, player, yeah. too. I still would much rather be playing Detroit than, than going to Dallas, though. Oh well, yeah, of course, because you own them mentally, right? Like that—that's a—that's a mental edge that you have. Um, here's a question though: uh, Is is Laporta out? Because Scoots, we got bad news. T.J. Watt's out, and we're we're screwed. I mean, we were screwed either way, Ralph. Yeah, yeah, I guess we were. <laughs> we're, guess we were. No, we're not yeah. winning this game. 
Is is Laporta? He's got an outside shot to play, which is shocking to me because I thought he may be out for the season. I don't think you'll see him against the Rams, but it seems like if they can win, you could see him in the playoffs down the road. But there's a chance potentially he could play. So that's surprising to me. I didn't know that about Sam Laporta. Thanks for making me look that up question um how does iowa have all these great tight ends but they still suck at offense can they just play all tight ends and get just throw all the tight ends to football on the little post game live that i was doing yesterday when talking about the the uk game that that was kind of like it's tough to express this and I'm, maybe you can do it better. Maybe a texter on the Thornton's text line or Scoots can do it better. But it is like, yeah, this team, this UK team is not great defensively. But they're just, it's almost like with the way they're going to play offensively, they're, they can't be great defensively. You can't just win every basketball game by 35 points, 95 to 60. Like just with style of play, you're going to give up some open shots from time to time. And I wonder if that's just a similar boat to Iowa football, where it's like, if we're going to play this style defensively, there, we only got one choice offensively, and that's to suck <laughs> eggs. I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't translate as well with the football. I don't. I don't get it, Roush. I can't come up with it because they do have tight, good tight ends. They do usually have a pretty solid offensive line, and then everything else is just quarterback, wide receiver, running back. They've had some decent running backs, I think. But yeah, I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. It doesn't make sense to me. I also think that a lot of Kentucky's defensive stuff, it's not that bad. But they just they they try to jump the block shots too much. Aaron Bradshaw, you're seven feet tall. That guy's six foot six. Why are you jumping? You're falling for puff fakes. You're you are almost a foot taller than him. With your arm wingspan, just stand there. Uh Hugo did the same thing. And then Dillingham, Rob had one possession where he played great defense on Sean East until the very end. Then he fell for a pump fake, fouled him, and won. It's like, dude, you you did this thing right for 20 seconds almost, and he just wore you down, and then you, you made a mistake there at the end. Uh, so that that I think a lot of that stuff is just a, a will come eventually. But I, from a keeping guys in front of them, I do I do feel much better about it. I feel especially uh, Reeves in the, the effort he appears to be giving just like, – he's playing with just a higher motor. We talked about it yesterday, but I, I do feel like you're seeing that both on offense and defense. Even if it met um, in the final segment there, full court against Florida, they just kept we're like, we're just going to drive at Reeves. We don't we don't care who it is. We're just going to we're going to drive at Reeves. Yeah, and that's the thing with this team defensively is I think that's why you see like Dillingham and Reed and so many of these guys take some gambles is because you should. If you take a gamble and miss, yeah, that may lead to the other team playing five on four, may lead to an open shot or potentially even an easy bucket in the paint, which you don't necessarily want to give those up. But the reason that I'm all right with that, taking your chances, going for those steals, especially Dillingham and Shepard, is because you could still play solid defense for 25 seconds, Roush, and one of these guys are liable to maybe just get broken down off the dribble and still give up an open shot. So you may still end up with the end result 10 seconds later, 15 seconds later, without the risk-reward of maybe a free two points on the other end if you are able to poke it away. So this team does play really aggressively defensively, and if Cal wanted to be a little bit more conservatively, could it make the overall defensive effort better? I would say no, though. I would say no, though, because that's their best strength is creating havoc. Yeah, but if you you know if you did pack line stuff and you bogged everything down, then yeah, your defense, your points per game defensively would be better, but. 
you wouldn't be as good offensively. You wouldn't be able to control the pace and the tempo as much as you could. You'd find yourself in in the half court a lot more on the other end, which I'm okay with this team in the half court for what it's worth. But Cal's chosen his style this year. He's chosen what's best for this team, and it's getting up and down. It's running. It's controlling the tempo. And to do that, you're going to take some chances defensively. And, yeah, you're going to get burnt from time to time. But you're right, Roush. You you can create havoc, and it's almost become the identity of this team. And, and let's not forget that, like, while this team does struggle defensively and at times they do struggle staying in front of their, their man, uh, they put the clamps down on, on Mizzou. Uh, to end that game. Over the final 12 minutes, 12 of 17 shooting for Missouri. 11 minutes, 47 seconds to be exact. Two of 17 shooting. Now, some of those are just missed open shots, water finding its level. We all like seeing that. But other, but let's give credit to UK's defense a little bit there. They gave up 77 points. Is that too much? We all just need to kind of reset our brains for what our normal John Calipari defensive numbers look like with this team. Because the offense is going to be a lot better. The scoring is just going to be up on both sides. So uh, the final 11 minutes, this UK defensive team really locked in, did a better job. My biggest issue defensively, Roush, I talked about this last night too. I just hate that there's not like, hey, East is dominating. Somebody go shut him down. And I guess if you're saying they went 2 of 17 or whatever that number was, then maybe that is somebody kind of shutting him down. I just wish we had a guy where you could say like, go, go get him. You know, Reeves kind of just gave him a forearm that shut him down. That's a <laughs> good thing. Point. Was swollen up. Oh, like that. he looked like a boxer, dude. Yeah, that yeah. was bad. Yeah, um, I'm shocked they didn't call a flagrant on Reeves there because you know he did lead with the elbows. Those are the those that, are the no nos. That shouldn't like yes, it's a no no by the rule of law, but you should be able to attempt to rip through on a total. Thing like totally that. agree. Totally yeah. agree. I'm just shocked that they didn't call it knowing right. officials and how like how that, that was a are. good, Hey, was, was he intentionally going in like, you know, kind of recklessly with his elbows <laughs> or was he making a basketball move that just caught somebody? It's like, uh, he, he was making a basketball move and he caught somebody. Unfortunately, trying to imagine somebody, I don't know, setting a screen and they're just like running their elbows up and down like this. Just like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. It's like, no, most, most of the time when somebody gets hit with an elbow or something in the face, it's incidental. So I'm glad they use some common sense there. That, that is a funny visual to think about. Another texter on the Thornton's text line. If I have I'll, any, I'll, I'll take this. We've got Please. 90 day fiance text back to the off topic. 90 day fiance. Currently there is a guy from Lexington and it's bad. This isn't, the first time Kentucky has been represented, two from Louisville, Paul and David, another from Lexington, I can't remember his name. Uh, and then BZ said, one of my favorite guilty pleasures is actually 90 Day Fiance. Don't judge. Actually, two different Louisville guys in the series. One of them went to St. X. Ooh, what? One of them went to St. X? Wow. BZ, send me a link to this. I, I couldn't care less about the show 90 Day Fiance, but – I will watch from a St. X emphasis, and I, I can't wait to talk to Corey Price tomorrow. Tigers eliminated oh, Nail from the LIT. A lot of people were out saying St. X is the best team in Louisville, maybe the state. Your comments? Well, um, I think it's it is embarrassing that Klein has been there 16 years. He has zero regional titles and zero Division One basketball players. Like how how how's he not done more? So like. I think that actually they should be like really it would be a disappointment if they didn't win the region. Like they they should win the region this year. If not, then what's Klein doing over there? 
You're right. A, a place with the basketball tradition and history of St. X, not being able to win the week seventh region every you year. Know what? It's shocking. You know it's what? Shocking. Joe Bergamini got a lot of crap for being mediocre and average. He 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 had better players. He won a region during his time there. I I, I think they did Joe wrong. Who Joe Bergamini greater than Coach Klein. Who could forget that one regional championship in 96 years from Coach Joe there? No, I'm kidding. They, I like they, they Coach like the same amount of time now, though, which is crazy. I, it is crazy. I, I like Coach Bergamini a lot, uh, and I like Coach Klein. I do know that about like seven or eight years ago, St. X, they, they made some changes in – yeah, from what I've been told, efforts. Yeah. and they're you know just with their recruiting, admissions, some of that stuff, scholarships. Um, I, that is that's what I'd been told, and I think since then, Saint X has been more competitive in the seventh region. The D one player thing well, is shocking. That, yeah, just like you would think, one of them would end up. I mean, because that Robert Shaw was really good for them um, <sighs> a while ago. Ooh, we got a little wintry mix going on right now. Um, but I did hear a story that Romeo and Sean East were going to say next, but they hadn't made that change in their recruiting philosophy yet. Mm -hmm. so that's that's why it was a no, no go. But uh, I but, haven't got a chance to see them. Maybe I'll head out to Valley on Friday. I doubt it, but not impossible. But I, I really do want to check them out. Uh, supposedly they are legitimate. You know, they, they played that when Cal went and watched them, that was a team with several D1 players. I mean, a lot of D1 players. They, they went toe-to-toe -to -toe with them. They went down to a tournament. Played some of the best teams in Florida throughout the country. They kind of went toe to toe with them. It's a legitimately good St. X basketball team, which yeah. is we're not totally yeah. used to that there on Poplar Level Road. And uh, X has a good junior too, so that 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 will that drought will um, dry up. But that, um, we got to. I need to look at the schedule because Desail St. X is going to be a very good game. We've got a kid going to Liberty, and Damon King should be a Division One player. He's he's very good. So, well, let's like, figure out when that game is. That'd be that'd be yeah. fun to go to. Not only is Dillingham on UK incredibly fun to watch, St. X has their own Dillingham that's like a small, bouncy kind of guard that can score from anywhere. He he put up, I think, 30, 30 points against Mail, 31 points against Mail. Uh, we'll, we'll be sure to bring this up to Corey Price tomorrow. Uh, but <laughs> the 90 Day Fiance stuff, that's that's I, I did not realize they were so is it is it a mail order bride? And are you allowed to even say that anymore? Uh, I don't know if you're like allowed these... to say that anymore or not. But but is yeah. that what these the show is, or do they like are they people that are in love, but they just have to have like a quick wedding or something? It's almost like a combination between like married at first sight and yeah, like they're basically like we're you're gonna try it out, you're gonna get engaged for ninety days, and at the end you're either gonna get married or not. Is that is that? Yeah, I think that's it. Correct. TLC follows couples that have applied for or received a K-1 visa available uniquely to foreign fiancés of U.S. citizens, and therefore so, yeah. they have 90 days to marry each other. It's, it's mail-order bride. Uh, yeah. I, 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 Husbands, Not too. that I know somebody personally, but I, I do know somebody that's done that before, and I think they're still together for what it's worth. I think they're pretty happy together. Yeah, actually. there's my, my buddy who I went to his wedding in D.C. I'm pretty sure that's what happened with his dad and his second wife, and she's great. Uh, they've been together for a long time. It um, is just a wild concept, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very much so. But there's a lot of wild things on television. February 9th, TJ. It's a Friday night before the Gonzaga game at St. X. And uh, also, we might want to get there early because uh, Spears tells me there's a doubleheader um, with Sacred Heart and their number one uh, 
girls basketball team versus the number two team in George Rogers Clark. So might even have some like big time coaches show up to that game for recruiting purposes. Well, I'm sure a couple big wigs like Nick Roush and TJ Walker, we'd be able to get some seats in the gym. We need to get Spears to just let us call the game with him. Or he doesn't do that anymore, does he? He does. He does. Yeah. He, does he, he, he just has to he has to miss more with the Bellerman obligations. Gotcha. Well, yeah, we can have a special. It'll be like um, the Manning cast. Right? It'd be fun. I mean, you're telling me people wouldn't to be tuned in to listen to that? Absolutely, they would be. That'd be a blast. <laughs> that, yeah. All right. I'm. I'm gonna. Even though Spears is busy, I'm gonna bother him about it. Um, uh, also, did you see Kentucky kicked off, women's basketball team kicked another player off the team? Yeah, yeah, I admittedly haven't been keeping up a lot with UK women's basketball. I saw that they were up a good chunk of the game against Tennessee. <laughs> they were and up they by lost. 17 and lost by 18. It's like, how how does that happen? But they just they were hot early, went cold in the third quarter. Yeah, they, so what? somebody got kicked off the team. They weren't living up to team standards. I saw the statement. I, I, yeah, they, good that player had gotten suspended earlier in the year. So What are, what are you doing? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's not that hard being a student athlete at UK, I promise you. A texter says, right with you, TJ, on the callous change talk, people saying it now probably just want to justify their old disproven takes on how the game has, pa- has passed him by. I, was, I wasn't I was wrong. Cal just had changed. Anyways, I have a question for Scoots. If he could poach one player from UK or IU, or one player IU. from UK for IU, yeah, excuse me, sorry about that, who would it be? Uh, and I agree with you on the Cal change talk. Scooch, who would you put on IU? Who do the Hoosiers need on this team? You know, that's a really good question, and I've gotten to think about this for a couple days now. I think I'm going to fall on to DJ Wagner. Just because guard play has been a little shaky for Indiana, we need a guy that could get to the rim at will and make stuff happen offensively. I think DJ Wagner would be a great fit for Indiana. That's a great answer. I agree with you. I think you 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 nailed that. Uh, Khalil Ware's like, you know, he's doing enough inside for yeah. IU to be a pretty solid team. You just need somebody that can create on the perimeter yep. out there, and you all don't right now. Yeah, good answer. Good answer. Good I'll answer. Good answer. <laughs> one of my guilty plays. Oh, oh, we read that one. TJ, just like you're sick of the Cal's change stuff, I can't deal with the we are what we are defensively. The numbers have steadily improved over the last few weeks. If we are what we are, they wouldn't be improving. Not saying we're an elite or even a great defensive team, but there are some positive signs. The raw point totals due to our pace are fooling some people. Get out yeah. of my head, Texter. Get out of my yeah. head. And that that's the what you just we just discussed. Like there is a if you play fast, more possessions, more points for the other team too. Um in Kentucky, I'm checking right now. Ninth in offense, forty fourth in defense. Um on according to Ken Palm. Um, but they're not the worst defensive team in the top twenty. That belongs to Baylor, who is sixty ninth. Uh, defensively in Alabama 60th defensively and they're up to seventh overall so like uh, I also I wonder if that's going to change right TJ there used to be that you have to be top 25 in both and Ken Palm to win it all sort of deal I wonder if that's going to change now that basketball has become it's it's more NBA-ish where it's just a lot of possessions a lot of up and down a lot of shooting efficiency stuff I wonder how that's going to but it didn't work for Alabama last year in the tournament, so. TJ, I think you need to refresh your memory on Dan, Daniel Orton, in my opinion, considering considerably more athletic and agile than Ugo. I'll agree with that, I guess. Also, Orton's offensive ability blows Ugo's out of the water. He's better this season, but still a little shaky, shaky and not 
and definitely not on Dio's level. I, I think they're very comparable backup bigs, and the numbers seem to suggest that. I would have um, um, been curious to see what Daniel Orton would have been like if he was the guy. I agree. I think I think he probably would have been better than if Ugana was the guy. So I'll agree with that. And I do think I said that Ugana was like a better backup than Daniel Orton. All right, fair enough. You can call it a push, yeah, but I'm not. I'm not going to say like Daniel Orton is significantly better. We, we would have gotten a lot like more of too. theatrics if he would have been the number one guy. There would have been some stories about him that would have, no doubt yeah. about it. And he would have been interesting to watch, and especially in that eleven team when you had Ennis Cantor get declared ineligible. Oh yeah, would have been great. But you know what? That gave us the George versus Solinger game, and I will remember that the rest of my life. I believe Roush, or I believe Reeves is shooting Roush. Roush wishes he was shooting fifty nine percent on two point field goals, but Reeves is shooting fifty nine percent on two point field goals. That seems really good. That seems solid. It does seem solid. I'm happy with that. Do you think Louisville fans are delusional thinking that Jay Wright, Billy Donovan, Scott Drew, or Chris Beard would come to their cluster? I uh, can't say that. I'm I'm just wondering why they aren't all in on Dusty May of FAU. It seems like a no-brainer. So, interesting enough. Let's take a break, actually, and come back to some UofL coaching talk. God, do we have One to? i got to cover Rutherford today, and we're going to talk three hours of that. Ugh. Rutherford is in the thick of it now. Can't like, wait. Also, the thing is, uh, I, I guess we'll take a break. I'll save my take for that. Yeah. The thing is, when we return... That was actually the backup name for our show. The thing is, this is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Kalen. What you gonna do? When Kentucky Roll Call. Walker and Roush. Run wild on you. Welcome back. One final segment. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. Wednesday, wacky Wednesday edition of Roll Call. We appreciate you tuning in. We'd appreciate it if you went to ShadyRays.com. You would appreciate going to ShadyRays.com, getting you some polarized sunglasses. Roush is wearing his blue light glasses right now. Mine are at the office waiting for me when I get in there a little bit later today. They've got it all. Any type of eyewear you may need, whether it is sunglasses, whether it's snow goggles. I'm getting a lot of my friends, not a lot of my friends, but a couple of my friends are have done some ski trips or uh, I've seen Instagram. A lot more a lot more skiing on my Instagram, and it's made me really, really jealous. ShadyRays.com will have you covered. Polarized sunglasses. And just remember, if you lose them, you break them, they're lost, they're stolen. They've got a replacement pair promise on pretty much all of their sunglasses. You pay a small processing fee, bada boom, bada bing, they send you your order right back. And when you buy at Shady Rays, they're helping feed hungry folks all across America. Go to ShadyRays.com and do not forget the promo code BIGX. Please use that. That's how they know that people listening to Kentucky Roll Call are, are, are shopping on their website. So we always appreciate you all doing that. And you will not be disappointed with their sunglasses. 502-414-1450. I have a buddy who works at a ski resort out in uh, Colorado. Was talking to him this weekend. He said, I was telling him how we got some snow chances coming up. He hits me with, yeah, we've got a few feet out here, but we could use a few more. I'm like, what, a few feet? And you need more? It's crazy. Yeah. 
Sounds uh, Colorado. Do you know? I uh, want Breckenridge. Maybe is that a big place in Colorado? I want to say Breckenridge. That's normally where we go. Well, Keystone or Breckenridge is kind of where we normally. Roush, that seems like a fun video. <laughs> huh? <laughs> like some Hawaii music. Uh, steel guitar. <laughs> I think I don't. I don't know what it was. One of these days, we're just going to hear it, doot, doot, and we're like, "Oh no, Roush, no!" Uh, or just take your medicine. <laughs> take uh, your I would love. I would love to go on a ski trip. My uh, the the one that I saw on Instagram that I'm referring to was Big Sky Montana, and oh my gosh, like I I would love. I've never been to Montana. I've never been to Big Sky, and it's not like going to Keystone and some of those places in Colorado. They, they maybe they're ba- better mountains. They very well could be. I'm not an expert on this stuff, but just the scenery from Big Sky, Montana, would love well, love to go there. Because there's a big sky, uh, huge sky, huge huge sky. The biggest, the biggest sky out of all of the skies. It's the biggest. Roush, what's the what's this other thing you were going to bring up? Um, I just, it's nauseating hearing them talk about their coach because. Because nothing's going to happen for three months, and like Dusty May might suck, right? Like he could just suck. I don't think that's the case, but that they're going to be doing this whole rigmarole. We have Jay Wright already saying that like he's very happy not coaching, and I can't say I I, I blame him, right? Like I, I I get it from his perspective. He did it for a long time. It's a good retirement age. Now he gets gets to enjoy basketball from afar. So yeah, I I, I don't know. It is going to be like would, would they would they go after Chris Beard this quickly? Because the texter asked, "Would Chris Beard take it?" Of course he would take it. He's an old freaking miss right now. Like that's the worst job in the SEC. So like yes, of course he would leave. But but are they that quick to jump at him? I don't know. Um, I, I I just I hate having to do this in January because. It's going. There's going to be so many cycles of like, well, we think it's this guy, and we're going to talk. Like they're going to spend a couple of weeks talking about Dusty May, a couple of weeks about Jerome Tang, a couple of weeks talking about this guy, and it's just going to change. I I feel sorry for you, Scoots, having to be on Rutherford today. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. The thing about Chris Beard is, I think they're, and this is going to sound funny, but I I have just feel like Louisville's fan base is going to turn to a moral type of situation like we don't like his morals we don't like what he stands for because of his whole yeah, issue well, down well, in texas have morals. exactly that's what makes this whole thing so funny is they don't have morals but they're gonna they're gonna use that to not want beer yeah but i i think they want beer no matter what because they don't have morals. i just don't know like that they i don't know that they'd support him like why, why wouldn't they He's he he's maybe the best coach in college basketball i agree with that but i mean it's what he's done in the past you got Texas Tech to be good. Mike that. Mike got all kinds of texts well, yesterday. Mike got all kinds of texts yesterday about how fans aren't going to support him because they don't believe in what he stands for. Just saying. Okay, that's, that's something to watch out for. Yeah, uh, if I were a UofL fan, I, I wouldn't care about that stuff in the slightest. And that's gross to say. I totally understand that. But, like, you've just sucked for so long. Just get somebody in that can win. That being said, I would worry about, like, if the pressure at Texas basketball got to Chris Beard – What's going to happen after he loses to UK for a third straight season and like UK fans in his own arena are throwing L's down and on the ramp on his way into the tunnel? Like if Texas basketball could push him over the edge and maybe he's in a much better place right now, we all hope that he probably is. But if Texas basketball could push him over the edge, then what in the world would U of L basketball do to that dude? And 
That's a totally legitimate and fair question. But I would just want somebody, I don't care about their background. I would just want somebody that I know can snap my fingers and for the 2024-2025 season, we're gonna ha- we're gonna be competitive. Final four, yeah, you know, I'm not talking final fours or cutting down nets, but I need to get my ass back in the NCAA tournament. It's been way too long. And in the transfer portal era, that stuff is all possible if you make the right hire. And Roush, I, I if I'm U of L, I'm setting my sights on Fred Hoiberg. He has won in college basketball before. He's making Nebraska fun yeah. again. You know, he's he's building an atmosphere there. And he's he's just an adult that has a plan and can run a program appropriately and properly. That's who I would want. Would and he would get players. Would it could you get maybe somebody that could like bring in better recruits day one? Yeah, you probably could. But Fred Hoiberg would be a great, great hire for U of L that would not fail. Like, would he win national championship after national championship? That's really hard for any coach to do. But he would get Louisville back to what UL fans' expectations are, which is having a fun march. Uh, that being said, you, you know who's kind of like moving up my power rankings for when Cal leaves, and this is going to make a lot of people upset? Mm, what is it? When Cal leaves, whenever that day is, and, and hopefully it's a little further than than what we all maybe thought it would be a year ago or two years ago, there's going to be this, like, UK fans are going to be so spoiled on recruiting and getting the best of the best and NBA talent into the gym, Roush, that if that ever drops off, even somewhat slightly, and, and with Cal, it probably will drop somewhat slightly, people are going to lose their minds. And this is hopefully conversation for five years down the road. You know somebody who could bring in amazing talent right away on a very similar plane to Calipari? Um, Will Wade. <laughs> I'd love Will Wade at UK. That dude would just freaking kill it. He um, would. Mitch Barnhart never in his wildest right. fantasy dreams would he ever hire that dude. Right. But uh, I would love – like if you're talking about somebody that could kind of keep the, the machine rolling in a similar fashion as Cal, Will Wade would do that. And the dude's got a chip on his shoulder. But the thing is, he's not going to be at McNeese State after this year. He's going to go take another job somewhere, um, maybe even a big job. But somebody's going to be desperate and wanting to win really badly, and they're going to hire Will Wade. Would L do that? I think if I'm L, I would totally consider Will Wade. And you could probably get him on the cheap too, which really would be Really steer it into the skid. Yeah. But I don't know. Uh, we'll see. They, they're going to have their coaching search starts what? In about two months for them. <laughs> oh, long way to go. Long way to go. Uh, Texter on the Thornton's text line, 502 414 1450. Speaking says, of long way to go. Better, that's a you need better friends problem. Don't put that on the Ravens. Uh, that's <laughs> Dude, true. It really sounds like you're ready for new friends. That's a mook. That's true. That's true. I mean, just imagine a friend group being like, all right, boys, let's all get together for our Baltimore weekend. I mean, Woo! my friends did that too, but they did it for the Preakness. Like they they had a giant bachelor party that went up there and I'm that that would be a good time. Yeah, but you can't go watch the Preakness in like Chicago. You could theoretically go watch Lamar Jackson in Chicago sure. or Nashville or Atlanta. Yeah. Um, a texter says, Josh Allen to the Ravens, unite the state. Yeah. I don't know if they have the money for it, but that that would that would do some uniting. That would do some uniting. Will we get a little trivia in that post? I don't know what that means. Or in Roush's post, you make a post and do some trivia? Maybe. Uh, he, no, he did the post and he put Corey's prices stats. He used his – remember, 
Oh, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, shout yeah. him out. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, that Netflix show title is being taken literally in Scoots as a Walmart greeter. <laughs> uh, breakfast for Hippos, and it's uh, uh, Thornton's uh, Sausage, Egg, and Cheese croissant. Oh, oh that looks delicious. That's a, a bacon. Totally... That's a bacon, Egg, yeah. and Cheese. Well, you, you messed up. You should have got the sausage because um, I'm sausage croissants all the way. I don't eat gluten due to an allergy, but my wife and I cut out added sugar, pork, and fried foods. I feel amazing. It low-key changed my life. Well, deep fried foods, like heavy battered foods. That was from Dylan Ballard. Look, yeah. You look great too, Dylan. So that's most important. I don't care how you feel. I care how you look, and you look amazing. <laughs> he also um, was having a conversation with uh, like uh, UKSID Evan Crane, and was like, listen, I'll, I will make these cookies for you, and you will not know that they were gluten-free. And Evan Crane is like, yeah, I will eat them whenever you want to make them for me now, Dylan. These are, <laughs> these are outstanding. A texture says, Scoots, go eat a Thornton sandwich and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you live in rural Indiana. Buy from a local farmer and not the supermarket, you dingus. I don't buy from the supermarket. That's the issue. <laughs> yeah. Scoots is like, I'm eating too unhealthy. It's like, you don't grocery shop. You don't prepare your own food. Like, uh, big shocker. Good morning, fellas. Indiana Tim here. Hey, Indiana Tim. Hope you're having a good day. Scoots, eat whole foods. Very less sugar, less ingredients in the food is the best. Look up the benefits of a carnivore diet. Grains are starchy sugar. Eat very little. I've been doing keto for four years. I lost 30 pounds, but it, I just feel so much better. I'm 57, by the way. Eat good. Wow, uh, 30 pounds at 57, too. That's that's, hard That's awesome. Well, and then, Indiana. In, Indiana Tim actually just texted in today, and he said, Indiana Tim here. Hey, Scoots, just to be clear, a whole taco does not meet the definition of whole food. <laughs> <laughs> Zing! No uh, scientific evidence that plant-based foods are better for the environment. Scoots, you need to do some research, buddy. I do. Uh, Robert says, it's ironic I'm saving the environment by cutting meat, yet, how do you pronounce that? Quake? Quinoa. Quinoa, always, yeah, it's obviously I'm not familiar with queen, quinoa, is one of the most destructive crops that you can possibly grow. In the same show, Scoot said that he has refused to change his driving speed based on road conditions, but wants to upend his life over a Netflix show. <laughs> that was a beautiful touch. Oh, gosh. I've read that Scoot. documentary was put out by Beyond Meat's Bill Gates people. Uh, Betting-wise, would you all take Kentucky given 12 or the over at 159? Hopefully you did both, both of them. Both of those, Plumley bro, and you would have won some sweet, sweet cheddar cash. Uh, don't show scoots. scoots this picture. I just bought a quarter cow and stopped my freezer. Best money I've ever spent. It's tasty stuff, dude. I'm so fired up when we get this cow. It, it, I, I cannot wait. Roush supposedly, like, as supposedly, it's just very financially smart to like do that. Assuming you're going to eat the meats, like yeah. you, you, you know, people don't have to buy meats for months and months and months and months if oh, you do yeah. it the right way. We're, we're going to have meat for a year, basically, and. Because I'm sure we'll still buy some chicken here and there. Uh, did you too. did you meet your meat? Did not meet my meat. No. Mm. Did not did not pet him and say hi. Um, TJ, yeah. just like you're sick of the cows change stuff, I can't deal with the. Or I think we read that one. Yep. Um, Saturday is another game where we could really use a do. Totally that, agree that on that. Is, that is true, but I'm I'm not optimistic. Not optimistic. Here's the text I was referencing earlier. I think Cal has had to lean more into the national college basketball coverage because he doesn't have the same access within the program like he used to. That's not a shot. It just seems like a fact. Usually by this point, we'd have three or four stories on Trey's upbringing and Rob's family ties or whatever. Supposedly, he is working on another Nate Cecina story just to kind of put a bow on that one. But besides that, I'm not sure he has anything else in the works. So 
<laughs> you are right, Texter. Like that is interesting. I hadn't really noticed that till you had said that. But well, you are right. We would have a couple feature pieces, and we and we do not this year. Also, Bosner is just not at UK, so he he pushed a lot of that stuff out. Great point. Um, Good point, Roush. There's probably a correlation between dog and where the players come from, like you mentioned with DJ and Aaron. Glad to know we have New York City point guards coming in next year. When I was on the recruiting beat, that was always a big topic of conversation. Who had the toughest players? Which city? For for my for what it's worth, I I like Chicago guards or Chicago players. Chicago, I think, if you're talking about like a toughness angle, I think it applies to Chicago more than anywhere else. Although I'll give this, and Texas is obviously a hilariously huge state. You get more speed in Texas than you seemingly get anywhere else. Texas just seems to produce speed, which maybe that's their football roots translating over to the heart. I, um, New York, you uh, get kind of the flashy. Okay. All right. We're good. You froze it there for me mm-hmm. uh, for a second, TJ. I, I, for football, just give me all the Detroit guys. Just, I think it's like a 100% hit rate at this point. Actually, 99. Ernest Sanders is like the only one. But even Maxwell Harrison, who was like a mid-three star, dog. So give, give me the Detroit guys for the Kentucky football team. Didn't know I was turning into Kentucky lib call today with all the vegan propaganda. Just scoots. <laughs> I got an idea. Since rough crowds are usually quiet and boring, why don't we pipe in the same noises NBA arenas use during games? It might be attractive to recruits to play in a regular season NBA game environment. Go Cats. Packers it's, can suck it. It's, it's a rule. You can't do that. Um, I do think someday we'll get like music during college games similar to the NBA. I don't, I don't see it. I don't want it to happen though. Like, give me fans. Like, it's just it's a unique atmosphere. If you want to have like the little, like the baseball organ playing in the background <laughs> when like Rob Dillingham's crossing somebody up, I'm cool. I'm all right with that. But they wouldn't do it in tournament games. I can guarantee you that. Uh, but maybe that's something to keep an eye on. Only relatable if you have YouTube TV, that Continental Tire commercial is outright assault during a UK game. You know, we make fun of Indiana for, like, reliving one big shot. I mean, I guess Dukes at least won a national championship and was actually in the NCAA tournament, but, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, they just they just play it a lot, and it, yeah. it's, just, it's just a little overwrought. Uh, shoot, there's some shots that Dillingham takes that make you hold your breath, and then it just spins on it. He's like Archie Goodwin with a better shot. And- if if he was anything, if, if Archie Goodwin had Dillingham shot, he would have been the number one draft pick in the NBA. Um, <laughs> Seriously, but yeah, but like Archie had no arch on his shot, which is very ironic. Uh, feels like a dude should take minutes from Edwards when he gets healthy, and that's probably what's going to happen. And you know what? I bet that's what Cal. I don't want to say he's trying to force the issue, but yeah, he, he should try to force the issue to see if that light bulb will turn on. I don't want to sound like a whiny lineup dude, though, but I don't want to do Trey and Bradshaw. I mean, in stretches, whatever, fine. That would be a pretty tough lineup and be a good rebounding lineup, I would imagine. But um, I do at the four is the way. That's the answer there. New drinking game. Take a shot every time the announcer says, Sean East. Hammered. I have a stupid but ultimately legitimate question. Do we really want the new court to return midseason? We've lost one home game when it was the court. Maybe we just wait to start the new year. I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked. I bet we don't see it again this year. Yeah, at this point. Huh. I wouldn't be shocked if Cal was like, no, get rid of that court. Like we'll, we'll start <laughs> we'll start new next year, but like we yeah. just lost on this other court. There were it was kind of some weird bounces. Get get it the hell out. I would almost guarantee that. I wouldn't be shocked if Cal just footed the bill, too. Like, you know, I'll buy the new court next year. Get this one the hell away from me. 
A texter says, Trey being the 77th best prospect prospect for this upcoming draft, surprising. Nothing's going to stop me from believing that he can't get drafted mid-late second round based on just his ability to hit threes and move without the ball and the flow in defense. The way Jimmy Dykes talks about Reed's mom, you would think that he's in love with her. Well, the way Jimmy Dykes talks, it's just he – how many times did he say dog last night? Like, Jimmy, just chill. We'll hop Should've in your jet though. later. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're out of time. If uh, you want more scoots and myself, Roush, you're welcome to join us. Noon, Spears on Sports here on Big X Sports Radio. I'll talk to you then. Otherwise, we'll see you at 7 a.m. tomorrow morning for some Corey Price trivia. Everybody have a great Wednesday. The Cats win. We're happy. We're having a good time. We'll see you tomorrow. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. From the sea, there's no need to pray. It's okay. You're welcome. Ha. I guess it's just my way of being me.